0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Soul City Church. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here, and I'm so uh, glad that you're here today. We're actually concluding a month-plus-one-week-long teaching series on how we pray and specifically what do we do. And how do we pray when we don't know what to say? And I bet all of us at some point have faced that, or maybe you're even facing that right now. You may have been kind of following God for a long time, but there comes a time when you run out of words and you don't know what to say to God. Or maybe you're new to this whole thing and you just haven't like learned how to talk to God. And so that's what we've been looking at. If you missed any of the weeks over the last month or so, you can go online and kind of catch up with what God's doing here. But this week we're going to turn the corner as we conclude. We've been talking a lot about how we talk to God. But this morning, what I want us to look at is how we actually listen to God. We're going to ask God to speak to us about how he speaks to us. We're going to listen to God on how we can actually listen to God and make listening to God more a part of our life. And I want to give you two uh, practices that you can incorporate into your everyday life this week, towards the end of the message, two things that you can do today to help position you better to listening to a God who is already, always speaking. Now, at the start of this series, we had to kind of get honest and say, look, what do you really believe about prayer? And I thought, as we close the series, it might be helpful to do the same. I had you turn to the people next to you and answer a very honest question uh, with just a yes or no answer, okay? So I want you to uh, answer this to so the person next to you. can going to actually turn and talk to them again. And listen, the answer is just yes or no. It's, it's really kind of simple stuff. So this is what we said before. I'll say it again. Uh, introverts. It's just yes or no. You can do this. Extroverts, it's just yes or no. Okay, are we clear on that? All right, so this is the question I want you to consider an answer to the person next to you, yes or no. Do you believe God speaks? Just turn to the person next to you, yes or no. Either answer is fine. Do you believe God speaks? Yes, okay. Okay, so many of you said yes, and if you said yes, you're actually a part of a large group of people that genuinely believe that God still speaks. In fact, there's someone who's done a lot of research on this. Her name is T.M. Lorman. And she wrote a book about it called Understanding the American Evangelical Relationship with God. It's a really catchy title. And um, she had a friend, a neighbor, who kept talking about how she talked to God and God would talk to her and how she'd have coffee with God and go on walks with God and go on dates with God. And that was what pushed T.M. Lerman over the edge and said, I have to understand what this all means, this talk of talking with God. And so she began a couple of years study on that. And this is what she found. She found that 26% of Americans say that within the last year they've had a direct revelation from God. Now let me just say that again. 26% of Americans, not just Christians, 26% of Americans say, yep, I believe I have heard from God. God spoke to me this last year directly and personally. So there's a lot of folks that believe God still speaks. God does speak. So next question I want you to answer honestly to the person next to you. Yes or no. Do you believe God has something to say to you. Do you believe God has something to say to you? Again, yes or no is fine. Oh, that, that's way too quiet for this. So <laughs> I could hear a corner classroom more than I could hear this room. Okay, yes or no. Do you believe God has something to say to you personally? Go ahead and turn the person next to you. Yeah, some people not sure. I don't know. I don't know how this works. Does God kind of speak in broad terms or does he speak to the specifics of my life? Maybe some of the questions you're asking. And when I say, do you believe God has something to say to you, I don't mean in kind of that kind of weird churchy way, like, I believe the Lord's given me a word for you. I don't believe this person's grabbing your shoulder. And they're from the South, apparently. I don't know why. It's just, <laughs> he just speaks through me and I represent it to you, but... If you've ever had, I don't know, if you've been around church, you've run the risk of someone doing that to you at some point. And maybe it is genuine. Maybe God did tell them something to tell you. I remember, I always think of this time, I worked in Atlanta for a while and we worked in the singles ministry, of a really great church down there. And Carrie, who was a part of our staff, told her the story of this guy who'd been hounding her for a date for like six months. And finally, yeah, so, I think you've met this guy. And so... Finally, the guy comes to her and says, just like the place has final God card and says, listen, I need to tell you, I had a dream last night and God called me to date you. (laughs) And I love without missing a beat. She said, well, then God clearly dialed the wrong number. (laughs) Didn't just miss a beat right there. (laughs) I some wrong number on that one. I don't mean in that kind of weird way. I mean, does God have something to say specifically into the details of your everyday life? Does God know you? And if so, does he have something to say to you? Do you believe that? Because if you do, that kind of changes where we're going and and, and opens up your heart for what we're going to talk about this morning. Do you believe God has something specific to say to you? Now, here's what I want to ask you. And the last question, you don't need to turn to the person next to you. You just answer this kind of internally, personally, quietly to yourself. Do you think that you can actually listen to God? Do you believe he has, that he speaks? Do you believe he has something to say to you? And then that third question, do you believe that you can actually listen to God? Or is that something that's kind of reserved for more spiritual people and they'll listen for you and then tell you what he has to say? Do you believe that you can actually listen to God yourself? You see, the question isn't, is God speaking? The question is, am I listening? Am I listening? Do I know how to listen to God? Do do I put myself in a position to actually hear from God, a God who is already always actually speaking, specifically even to me? What part do you have to play in what God has to say to you? So I want us to look at a story that's found in the Bible where someone kind of has this sort of interaction, comes to these crossroads, where they believe God is genuinely speaking to them, and he is, and it changes the trajectory of their life. And so I'm excited for us to dive into. It's kind of a continuation of a story we looked at a couple weeks ago. So if you have a Bible with you, open to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's in the Old Testament, on the left side of the Bible. And if you don't have a Bible with you or on your phone, why don't you grab one of these blue Bibles that's in the seat back in front of you? I'd love for you to grab one of these. And in the blue Bible, you can actually turn to page 187. Page 187 in the blue Bible. It's the story of a boy named Samuel. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the silence of God and waiting for God. And how it seems that God is fluent in the language of silence. And we looked at a story of a woman named Hannah, who desperately wanted to have a child. And she begged and pleaded and prayed for God for years, in the face of God's silence and in the face of great opposition, that God would give her a child. And she threw out what we talked about, one of those promise prayers, the if you, then I prayers. That she said to God, if you would just give me a son, then I will dedicate him to you, to your work. And little did she know, that's exactly what would happen with her son. And this is the story of her son. She named him Samuel. And his name literally means, because I asked the Lord. Because I asked the Lord. Because I asked the Lord. And this is the story of Samuel. Some 12 years later, and he's actually working in the temple, dedicated his life to working for God. That's where our story picks up in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. And this is what it has to say. It says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Eli was the head priest over kind of the people of God in that day. And Hannah herself had actually interactions with Eli before Samuel was born. So he was serving under Eli's leadership. And in those days, this is very important. In fact, you might want to circle this or underline this. In those days, the word of the Lord was what? Rare. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There was not just... God popping up here, there, and everywhere, and speaking in a way that people were listening. This is before Jesus. This is before Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. This is before the Bible as we know it. And so those days seemed as though God was silent. Now, the truth of the story is at that time in the the story of Israel, (laughs) they weren't interested in what God had to say. See, they had this funny relationship with God where they would desperately cry out to God and he would deliver them and they would be dependent on his deliverance, but as soon as they were delivered, they would get comfortable in it and they'd forget about God. And this is a cycle that continued for thousands of years. You'd think someone would learn. You'd think I would learn because I follow the same pattern in my life too. And maybe you do. Maybe you've had times in your life where you weren't interested in what God had to say. So it seemed like God wasn't saying much. That's what's going on here. It feels like that way in our world today too, doesn't it? You don't turn on the news and just see evidence of God everywhere, right? It seems rare. You have to listen harder to hear God these days is what it feels like. That's how it was in those days. The word of the Lord was rare. There weren't many visions or God popping up speaking to people, and people really weren't in a position to listen. But this is what happens. Verse 2. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. Pause. Gotta love the Bible. You know, his usual place. <laughs> like, we know where that is. Oh, the recliner. Like, how do we know? But I love, you know, his usual place. So that's where Eli was, in his usual place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And this is important. The writer's given us this detail for a reason, because there was in the middle of the tabernacle a lamp that was lit to represent the presence and the promise of God. And it would stay lit until the first hour of the morning, till daylight broke. So what we get here is this is probably at some point in the middle of the night that this happens. And it gives us a very other, like, important detail here. It says, Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now, the ark of God is something that was with the people of God for many years. And it was the promise of the presence of God. And this is what the Israelites kept to remember, that God was faithful. And it had all kinds of important, significant things inside of it. And there's Samuel lying in the room where the presence of God was. It's dark outside. And not just literally by that time of day. It's a dark time in Israel's history. It's a dark time, a silent time. And yet the fire of God is still burning. The presence of God has not vanished. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, that silence does not mean absence. Samuel is in the presence of God, whether he's hearing from God actively in that moment. It is dark in the world at this time, but the light of God has not yet gone out. And the same is true for your life and the same is true for mine. No matter how dark it may seem, the light of God has not yet gone out. His presence can still be found and experienced today. And so that's where we see Samuel at this point in the story. Very, very important. So that's sort of where we're at. Then uh, verse 4, it says this. Samuel's laying there in the presence of God. And the Lord called to Samuel. Again, he's about 12 years old, as best we can understand. Most likely 12 years old. The Lord called to Samuel, verse 4. And Samuel answered, here I am. And then he ran to Eli and said, here I am. I know You called me. So his assumption is he hears his name called, and so he goes to the only authority that he knows. He goes to the most religious and spiritual person he knows, and he runs straight into Eli's room, you know, in his usual place. And so there he goes. He's in there, and he says, here I am. You you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back. Lie down. And so he went and he laid down. It's almost as if Eli wasn't even expecting the voice of God to speak. Here's Israel's greatest spiritual leader, and he doesn't himself even recognize the presence of God speaking. So, verse 6, again, the Lord called Samuel, not Eli, Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. He said, My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know it was the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. He didn't know how to recognize God's voice. He didn't know what it sounded like. He didn't know what to expect. And maybe that's exactly where you're at. You're new to this whole faith thing. You're like, how do I even know if I'm hearing from God? This is where Samuel's at. He didn't know. He didn't even recognize the voice of the Lord. He keeps running back to Eli. So look what happens in verse 8. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. And then just when the joke was getting kind of (laughs) old. Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Eli remembered in that moment, God does speak. God does speak. The fire of God has not yet gone out. His presence has not left us. God speaks. And so, verse 9, Eli told Samuel, okay, same as before, but different. Go and lie down and I love what he says here, if. He's not guaranteeing that God is going to speak again. He's, and I don't even know if Eli's totally convinced. If, if, God does call you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And then verse 10, the Lord came and stood there. And I don't know all the implications of what that means, but the presence of God was felt in that space calling to him as the other time, saying, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, speak, here I am, speak, for your servant is listening, speak, for your servant is present, I'm here. Say whatever it is you have to say to me. And I love what God says in verse 11. It says, then the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make, look at this, the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. You got to love that God uses that language. It's going to get everyone goosebumps. So God says, I'm about to do something. I'm about to move in such a way that's going to make the ears of everyone. I'm speaking to you, Samuel, and others will hear from me through you in a way that will make their ears tingle. They will rise up. They will say, wait a second. That clearly is God speaking to us and God continues to speak to Samuel and Samuel has some tough words for Eli and many years later when Samuel was Eli's age God continued to speak to him and in fact in his old age Samuel heard a whisper from God that led him to an obscure little part of the countryside where a little shepherd boy was caring for a flock and the whisper of God spoke to Samuel yet again and said this is the true king of Israel. And Samuel anointed and appointed David king over Israel. And he was 12 years old. He learned a lesson that God speaks. And Eli's advice is actually very, very helpful and very practical for us all these thousands of years later. What Eli told Samuel to do is an encouragement I think all of us can take to heart, a practice all of us can put into our lives. Eli told Samuel to go and to intentionally position himself to listen to God, go back and be ready. And if, if He speaks, say, I'm here, your servant is listening. And so I think that's another very important question for you and I to consider as you think about what it means to listen to God, to listen for God, to hear from God. The question is simply, are you in a position to listen? Is there anything about your life right now that's in a position to actually listen to God? You may want to hear from God. You may need his direction, his guidance, his protection in your life. But the question is, are you in a position to listen to God? If he were to speak, would you even hear his voice? Or would you, like Eli, not even recognize that the Lord is in your midst? Are you in a position to actually listen to to God. And this is always going to be a challenge because we live in a very, like, fractured and frantic world. We live in a world that does not want to help you listen to God. I know the pace of your life. Just ask yourself, does the pace of my life lend itself to me listening to God right now? Or are you so addicted to your distractions that you might be missing the direction of God in your life? Are you in a position to listen? It's not easy. It's hard for me, and this is kind of my job. I got to hear. I hope I hear. I'm desperate to hear from God. What else do I have to offer you? My life as it is is not set up by itself to listen to God. I have to be intentional to position myself to listen to God. And it looks different for, for every person, for me, honestly, what it looks like is one of the places where I kind of feel most connected to God and, and most sort of, you know, like in his presence and being, you know, right where I can hear from him is, honest, is when I'm working out. And it's usually, it's not like working out, working out, like, you yes, spot me. There's not, I wonder at that time if there is a God. I'm talking about treadmill, me and God, and I'm not watching TVs, not doing anything. And so what I do to hear from God is I know that's a sacred space for me. And my wife, my family knows, like, I got to have that time. I need to get that time to kind of get my mind and my brain and all this kind of stuff out of this so I can be focused. And instead of watching a show or watching whatever's on during that time, I put headphones in and I let my pastors speak to me. I let the pastors who who speak into my life, I listen to their sermons every week, two, three sermons. I'm going, God, I bet out of like this hour and 30 minutes of content, something's going to speak to me somewhere from you. So here I am, Lord, speak. (laughs) Or rather, here I am, Lord, Speak. Where is it that you feel most connected to God? Where's the place where you feel most alive? Maybe for you it's in nature. Are you doing anything to intentionally position yourself in nature before God takes it away from us for six months? (laughs) Because that's coming. I think it may already be here. Maybe for you it's around people who really love God and and you feel closer to God when you're with people who are close to God. So do you make time for those relationships in your life? Do you intentionally position yourself around people who help you listen to God? Maybe for you it's reading, it's studying, it's diving in and engaging in the Bible or books that help you kind of dive in deep to how God has wired and created your soul. Are you intentionally creating space? Are you positioning yourself yourself to hear from God so that you can at least say, here I am, God. I don't know if you're going to speak, but I know that I'm here and I'm listening. It's a very important question. Do you position yourself to listen to God? Because God does speak. He's never stopped speaking. He is already always speaking. And he speaks in lots of different ways. He's a mysterious God. He is yet to be backed into a corner or pinned down. Speaks in lots of different ways. One of the most consistent ways we can see, and we're gonna look at this in a moment, is God speaks through the Bible. And if you've been around the Bible or have read the Bible or parts of it before, maybe you kind of have some history with this book. And if you've had a little bit longer history, have you ever found that when you read and come across something that you've read before or a story you've heard before, all of a sudden, for whatever reason, in that season, at that moment, it feels like it's the very first time you've ever heard it. And it's fresh to you. And you're going, oh my gosh, this feels like this was written just for me. You've ever had that encounter, that is God speaking to you. That's God speaking to you in that moment. Or maybe for you, it's in a time like this where you're listening to to God's word, the Bible being taught and speaking into your soul and into your life. Maybe it's here at Soul City or some other church. And maybe you've had this experience where you felt like, and maybe you've even said the words, and I've had people say to me, I felt like I was the only person in the room. I felt like God was just talking. I don't know what all those other people were doing here. This was for me today, if you've ever experienced that ever. That's God speaking to you. Or maybe it's through the songs that we sing here. You've had a moment where you're singing a song and there's just something comes over and you go, yes, yes, my soul aligns with this truth. That is who God is. That is who I long to be. Yes, that is God speaking to you. That's why we sing every week. We have a reason to sing. Sometimes it's to declare what God already knows about himself. Sometimes it's to remind us and to allow God to speak to us as we sing our praise to him. How is God speaking to you? Sometimes for me, it'll come in like a small little gut prompting where someone's name will just come up seemingly out of the blue. Like, what did I, what did I just say? I haven't talked to that person for a couple weeks or a couple months. And when I am positioning myself to listen to God, I'll go, okay, Lord, I don't know what that's about, but I'll just shoot him a quick text. I'll make a quick call. Hey, I don't know what's going on. I just want to encourage you. I love you. I'm grateful for you. Or hey, I just want to let you know, I don't know, for whatever reason, God just brought you to my heart, so I took a minute and I prayed for you. That cost me very little, but if you've ever been on the receiving end of someone doing that, it's clear that God was speaking to them and speaking even through them. And I could walk you through my phone and say, man, this, is, this came at the exact right time. I needed to hear this from this person. I needed to know that God was speaking. How does God speak to you? He speaks in lots and lots of different ways, Sometimes he speaks through his people. Sometimes God will speak to you through someone else. I remember this summer we had Pastor Harvey Carey here speak at Soul City Church. And if you miss that weekend, you need to go back and download it and then put it on every digital device you own and listen to it a 100 times. Such a powerful weekend for our church. And we were having lunch with Pastor Harvey Carey and his wife afterwards. And Gene and I were sharing with him just some of the joys and also the struggles of a growing church and how our leadership was being stretched like it had never been stretched before. And we were kind of just laying these things out to him. We weren't looking for him to solve any of it we were just kind of well we were commiserating and so we were doing that together and just oh this is a challenge and this is hard and then just in a moment he didn't show up with this agenda but Harvey just said something to Gene and I that was so clear to us from God he said something to us about our leadership and about this church that was so and then I think he just went back to eating his sandwich like I don't even think he knew what was going on and Gene and I both stopped without even having to look at each other and said Harvey that was from God There's something about deep resonating and connecting to deep, soul to soul. You just spoke the heart of God to us and we needed to hear that and we cling to that word because we believe it's not from Harvey, but it's from God. God uses his people to speak to his people. So the question is, are you in a position to listen? Are you in a position to listen? Are you in a here I am, your servant is listening kind of position? Speak, Lord. Speak. Your servant, your child, is listening. And I think back to, gosh, five years ago or so. I'm so excited for next weekend, because next weekend we're celebrating God speaking to Jeannie and I and to many others, and his incredible faithfulness as we celebrate Soul City's fourth anniversary. I, I am so excited for us to share and to tell the only God's stories of what God has been doing and where God's leading our church into the future. Listen to me, I, this, is, this is like, if this feels like an infomercial, it's because it is. You need to be here next weekend. You really don't want to miss next weekend. You really don't want to miss the heartbeat of what God's doing here. And if you've been here for a while, you have a lot to celebrate. And if you're kind of new and checking it out, what a great time to get to know the heartbeat of who we are and what God's doing here. Because I know what came before the anniversaries. And I knew how much I didn't want to hear from God about what was coming with this church. See, because Gene and I were actually living in Atlanta before this church ever started. You've maybe heard this story before. You can just zone out for a minute. But if you haven't, it's important for us, at least, for me to be reminded. We loved our life in Atlanta. We were working for a great church down there. And we had, we had, I mean, we had a great home that we'd built. We loved our home and a great community that God had built. And we were really loving our life And yet something was stirring in us. We would read stories like the parable of talents where Jesus tells a story of people who leveraged their life for God, who laid it all on the line for God. And I would be stuck with that question, God, are you inviting me to leverage my whole life for you? We'd read about faith, stories of faith in the Bible. And Gene and I were tracking through and reading through stories of faith that actually cost something, faith that is tied to Sacrifice. And going, okay, God, when's the last time we really sacrificed anything for you? We don't have to really sacrifice anything for you. It's all covered now. Great jobs, great community, great home. Like, thank you, Lord, so grateful. Don't mess with this, God. And yet that's exactly what he was doing. And our hearts began to stir to start a church. And so we were hearing this prompting coming from the stories of faith that we found in the Bible. And so we went and sought godly counsel. We went to someone else to say, okay, this is what God's doing. Help us sort this out. And the answer is no. Just so you know, is God asking us to start a church? The answer is no, but we just want to ask you. And so we went and submitted ourselves to someone who we know listens to God and helps people take steps and follow. And we spent, in fact, two days in his basement listening to God and dreaming about what might be happening. And it became clear to us when we walked out of that basement God was leading us to start this church. And we did not know what would happen next or what that would mean for our lives. We knew that something was going to change because our life had become corroded by comfort. And that sort of vibrant faith, that dependency on God had all but diminished kind of from our life. Everything was working perfectly. And so long story short, it, it led to us really seeking God and saying, God, you have, is this what you're leading us to do? To start a church from scratch, God? Again, the answer is no, but if you're telling us, God, we will obey, we will obey. <laughs> and we actually, after we left that guy's basement, we decided to stay silent about it for 30 days. Lord, if this is you, it needs to be from only you. Because I'm the kind of person that likes to talk to think, And I could process my way in and out of any decision. And I could get the right people to tell me what I want to hear. And so I knew as a discipline, if I'm going to hear from God, I don't need to hear from anyone else right now. And so we prayed and we were quiet, we were still, we didn't talk about it with anyone and it just kept becoming clear. Now let me be really clear to you, at no point in the process was there an audible voice where the Lord shook our house in Atlanta and said, start a church. That would scare me more than anything else, than excite me and that never happened for me. Some people have heard an audible voice from God, just me personally, I never have. I never have. It's come through the things that I talked about just a moment ago. And this was coming through promptings from the Bible and through other people who listen to God, listening to God with us. And in fact, I want to be really clear about you. We knew it. we were supposed to start a church and step out in the greatest faith adventure of our life, but we didn't know where. We knew that it's either going to be from where we were from or where we were at. We're from Chicago, but we are in Atlanta. And our life in Atlanta was a lot easier. And so we committed to praying for each other. In fact, Jean and I started calling staff meetings in those days, and it was just it was just me and her. But <laughs> But we put it in our calendars to take it seriously. And so we would have our staff meetings, which is really a one-on-one. But we would sit across. We have these brown chairs we still have in our house. We'd sit across from each other. It's clear that God is speaking. It's clear that God is leading us to start a church. Where do we want to start it? And the answer is in Atlanta. Because it's easier, God. Our house is already here. This is the worst part of the recession, the lowest part of the recession. So, God, we, we, we want to stay here. And this is what would happen. Jeannie would say, I know, but you know what? I just talked to some of my girlfriends back in Chicago and they're so desperately seeking God and they just haven't been able to find a church like this there. And I go, you know, that's really interesting because I was over on the west side of Atlanta today and there's nothing like a church like this over there and there's some great restaurants. And I was like, I was just thinking of what after church on Sunday, what that life would be like. And I'm serious. And so we go, so is it atlanta or chicago and we go i don't know lord speak we're here we're listening and so you know we say okay well meeting adjourned let's meet next week and so we'd pray about it we committed to praying about and this is the truth this happened for about five or six weeks the truth we'd sit back down the next week okay what are you sensing what are you hearing from god and jeannie go you know it's funny you say that i was actually hanging out with carrie allen downtown atlanta today and i just felt like lord if this is where you want us to start a church then we will do it and i'll go well isn't that interesting because I just came back from a speaking trip, and I had a layover in Chicago. When I saw that skyline, I said, Lord, there's no other city I want to live in than the city of Chicago. And we go, all right, meeting adjourned. See you next week. <laughs> we would have to keep... This went on and on and on, and we were like, Lord, no wait! You told us to start a church. You've got to finish the sentence where like we really don't know where god where and you know what we really finally after all this back and forth week after week really literally week after week what we sense god saying to us is you choose you've already made the most important decision to trust me with your lives to trust me with your future you've already stepped out of the boat you're walking on water so you choose chicago atlanta i love both I love Chicago more, but I love (laughs) both. So you choose. And that's what the story of this church is. That's why we celebrate. Because when we see God, we listen to God, we listen to God and we hear from him and we step forward in that. We listen to God and we step forward in that together. We see only God's stories begin to grow grow and grow and grow and grow from this faith adventure and from this church. And so that's why it's so important for me, even though it's not easy, to position myself to listen from God. But it's not easy, and I don't always hear clearly from Him. And so I wrote down as I was studying, preparing these two questions that I think would make a great uh, practical uh, process, a, a, a practice for you and for I, for me this week to do together and you might want to write these down I'll put them up on the screen so you can write them down it's two questions that I think honestly lead to a great spiritual uh, process a positioning before God to listen to him so when you have your great questions or desires or things that you want to hear from God and you believe that he speaks to you and you want to do whatever you can do to hear from a God who's already speaking to you I think this is a great first question to start with and the question is this what is God saying through his word to start here What is God already saying about this thing that I'm asking about? Does he already have something to say about it in here? Has God already actually answered the question I'm asking without me realizing it? What is God already speaking? What has he already said? through his word, that I need to actually pay attention to. That's why we have Bibles in every seat, because we believe God speaks. And this is not a history book, so we can learn the great stories from the past, but that God actually speaks. The Bible says of itself that this is actually living and active, and it has the power to speak directly into your soul, directly into your circumstances, right here, right now, today. And so do you position yourself in proximity to this word? and say, God, speak, here I am. What do you already have to say to me? What have you already said that I need to pay attention to? God, what are the principles that you've put in here that lead to a life, a rich and full transformational life with you? God, have you already answered the question I'm asking in your word? What is God saying through his word? What is he speaking to you? That's why if you don't own a Bible, please take us up on this. Please steal a Bible from church today. Nothing would make us happier than for you to say, I want to hear from God. I'm going to position myself around. And you can start with like the book of Proverbs. I'm going to lead you through just a few Proverbs in a little bit as we pray to close. Start there. God, speak to me. God, I believe you may already always be speaking to me. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're going, that, okay. Yes, I can check off on that idea that God speaks through the Bible, but doesn't he kind of speak in broad terms? I mean, is God really going to speak into the specifics of my life through this book? Like, is there a verse that tells me whether I should break up with him or not? Is there a verse that tells me whether or not I should take the job in Green Bay? The answer is no. You shouldn't take the job in Green Bay. You don't need God to answer that one for you. No one should have to take a job in Green Bay. Um, For those of you from Wisconsin, God loves Green Bay. Only because he has to, he has to, he's (laughs) he's bound to, so he keeps his word. So it doesn't always speak to the specifics, it never contradicts itself, but it doesn't always speak to the specifics of our life, and so there's a second question for you to ask when you ask, what is God already saying through his word? The next question that we're going to ask this week is, "What is what is God saying through his people? Like we went to, after we'd read and heard these stories of faith and courage, and it was speaking to our life in a real way about starting a church, we went to someone who we know listens to God. In fact, we went to several people. And we said, Will you help us listen to God? What are you saying, God, through your people? Are there people in my life that listen to God? And how can I position myself around them? The book of Proverbs, I mentioned a minute ago, speaks about this. All throughout the book of Proverbs, to surround yourself with what it calls godly counsel, godly wisdom, to surround yourself with those kind of people. This is why Gene and I have both of us have separate spiritual mentors that speak into our life. Because God, help me if I think I hear everything from God all by myself. I need people to help me listen. I need to help people to help me discern is this from God. Help me listen. That's why our church has elders who lovingly care and shepherd for this whole church so that we can listen to God in the context of spiritual community. We surround ourselves with people who listen to God. That's why our church's finances are led and leveraged through our stewardship team, our financial stewardship team, so that we don't ever make decisions just on a whim or because we feel like it. We seek godly wisdom. We say, okay, what does this say? What do we sense God is saying together? And then we move forward? Are there people in your life that you know who listen to God, who listen to God? How can you position yourself around them more? How can you position yourself to listen to God? I don't know how God may be speaking to you, I don't know which way you know, we talked about, maybe from the Bible right now, or maybe from others, but this is a great place to start. This is a great place to start. You may not feel very spiritual. You may not have heard from God in a long time. You may not have felt like you've ever heard from God at all. But you know, this week, if you position yourself around what God has already said and what he's saying to you through his word, position yourself around his people, Don't just get their opinions. I can surround myself with people who say what I want to hear. But I put myself around godly people and say, help me listen, help me listen. You can begin to position yourself to listening to God this week, to saying, your servant is here. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. I'm here. I'm listening. I'm gonna go to those intentional places. I'm gonna go where I can position myself to listen to you, because that's what I want, God. I don't want you to just solve my problems. Ultimately, what I really want is your presence in my life. I want to know that you're with me. I want to know that you care. And I want to hear when you speak into my life. There's a beautiful verse at the very end of 1 Samuel 3. As Samuel continues to listen to God, God continues to speak. It says this, and first, you don't have to turn there. Let me just read this to you. 1 Samuel three twenty one says, The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. That's the place where the tabernacle was. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through what? His word. He continued. See, God will never, ever contradict his word. He continues to speak through his word to you, to me, today. And so what I thought would be a great practice for us to end our time is to take what we did last week and flip it. Last week, we learned how to prayerfully plagiarize, how to take verses from the Bible and make them our prayer, to pray the will of God over our life by praying the word of God over our life. We use that as our words to God, but today what I want to do is to leverage the word of God to speak into your life on behalf of God. To give room, to give space, to position ourselves, to let God speak through his word to you today. So I'm gonna read a couple verses to you that apply maybe specifically to places where you're at where you need to hear from God. And maybe what might help you is to kind of close your Bible and maybe even close your eyes to take a posture that we take here a lot as a church. We just open up our hands, maybe put them on your lap. It's a way of saying, here I am, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, I'm here, I'm listening. Let me open up your hands, close your eyes. I wanna read these to you and let them be God's heart to you. Let them be God speaking to you as he continued to speak to Samuel, as he continued to speak all throughout the Bible, as he continues to speak right up to this very day. The first place we want to listen and hear from God together is for those of us who have big decisions to make, choices to make about our career, maybe your job right now, or maybe for you it's a relationship that you're in that's progressing down paths that you did not plan and maybe you're finding yourself at work getting pulled into ways of making decisions, ways of bending the truth that are compromising your character. Or maybe it's in a relationship for you and there are things that you've begun to make patterns and habits for this relationship that they're not, it's not you. And it's not what God created you for. And so if that's you, let me just read to you from the heart of God found in Proverbs ten nine. It says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. In other words, whoever walks in integrity doesn't have a thing to worry about. There's no story you have to keep up, there's no trail of lies you have to cover up your path with. Whoever walks with integrity walks securely. But whoever takes crooked paths, shortcuts, compromises of character and integrity will be found out. They just will. So walk with integrity this week. Hear that from the heart of God. For those of us who have people in our lives who have hurt us, wounded us, betrayed us, abandoned us, broken our hearts, broken our trust, and you're wondering if they deserve forgiveness. You've been holding out this grudge for so long. They may not even know anymore, but you do. And their name continues to occupy your heart and stir up bitterness and resentment and anger within you. And you're wondering, does this person deserve my forgiveness? Let God speak to you from Colossians 3.13. It says that we are actually invited to bear with, to put up with each other, and to forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. And here's why. We forgive because God forgave you. Forgive. Forgive because you have been forgiven. And if you've tasted of God's forgiveness in your life, then you have something to offer them. For those of you who feel like you might be overextended financially, there's an opportunity for you to get into a house that's beyond really what you can honestly afford or a car that's gonna put you kind of over the top of your budget and what you set out to do. There's a big financial decision and, or maybe there's no decision at all. There's no plan at all. You're just kind of running wild with how you spend your money. Here's a sobering encouragement from God. It comes from Proverbs 22, verse 7. It says that the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. God created you to be free, but every time you keep running that credit card over and over and over into debt, you're actually enslaved. You're entrusting your resources to someone else. God says, I created you to be free to not be bound by that. For those of you who are wondering what to do when you come across someone who's under-resourced, overlooked, homeless, poor. Maybe you walk by them every day on your way to work. Or every time you get off that exit, they're there. And you always feel this knot in your stomach. I don't know what to do. What should I do? What should my heart be towards this person or towards the problems in this city? And they're not hard to find. God's heart speak to you right now from Micah 6, eight says he's already shown you what is good. He's already revealed to you his heart. And what is it that God requires of you? To act justly. That means to do the right thing. To act justly and to love mercy. That means giving people a chance who maybe you thought didn't deserve it. To love mercy, to be kind and compassionate and to walk humbly with your God. To play your small part and the big redemptive work that God is doing in this city. And finally, for those of you who feel anxious or overwhelmed, you just feel like um, life is moving far too fast in a direction you did not desire or would not have chosen. Or maybe for you, you feel so lonely, so left out, so heartbroken and alone, and you've wondered if even God has forgotten you If even God has moved on from you, let the heart of God speak to you from Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. It says this The Lord Himself, the Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you every step of the way. He will never leave you. He will never leave you. Others may, others will. He never will. He'll never forsake you. He'll never forget about you. So don't be afraid and do not be discouraged. This is what happens when we position ourselves to hear from the heart of God through the word of God, maybe even through another person who loves God. So we actually get to listen in. We get to position ourselves to say, here I am, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, speak. And so we're going to continue on in our gathering by closing out with one more song, allowing God to speak to us as we sing to him. But I thought I might close this specific time in a prayer. So would you join me in praying to God right now? God, we pray that you would awaken in us an awareness of your presence, God, that even when it's dark outside, the light of God has not gone out. That even, God, when it seems as though you're silent, you are not absent. And so help us to hear from you, God, we pray. Thank you, God, that you continue to speak through your word. Thank you, God, that you continue to speak through your people. Thank you, God, that you speak through all kinds of different circumstances and all kinds of different ways. So God, would you help us listen? Would you help us listen? God, would you help us do what only we can do to hear from you, to intentionally put ourselves in the position to listen? So God, wherever that may be, whatever that may look like this week, God, that's what I pray for our church. That we would throughout the week and throughout the day find ourselves standing in your presence and saying, here I am. Your servant is listening. So speak, Lord, speak. Speak, Lord, speak. In your name, amen.